0: So, if I was starting today as a new solo, I would the do entrepreneurial,
1: entrepreneurial aspect. Going to have to change
0: the that way they're practicing. Becoming like, they a leader, analyzed. They to help young lawyers. Starting a small firm
2: to be so
1: Make it easy to work at your clients.
2: New approach, new tools, new mindset, new solo. And it's making that leap. Making that leap.
1: Hi everyone! It's time for another episode of New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. My name is Adriana Linares. I'm your hostess. I hope with the mostess. Thanks for joining me today. We are gonna have another round of wine questions with my guest today. If you have listened to our last episode, I was having a little bit of fun because I've been taking a professional wine course in New Orleans. I want everybody to know I graduated top of my class. I'm going to quiz my guest today, Matt Spiegel. Hi, Matt.
2: Hi, Adriana. How are you?
1: I'm great. Um, What do you do? Where do you work? (laughs) I'm kidding.
2: What do I do? I don't know anymore.
1: I think, uh, no, I think you do. Let me help. So uh, everyone, Matt Spiegel is a name that might be familiar to you. If it's not, you are certainly familiar with products of the past and products of the current that Matt has developed. He's a legal technology expert. He's a lawyer as well. You were the original founder of my case. You gave that, you grew up that baby, you let it leave the house and you created a new baby called Law Maddox. And I wanna thank you so much for becoming a new sponsor of New Solo.
2: Yes, thank you. So we're very happy about that. I feel like that was a long time coming for us and we're very Very fortunate enough to be in a position to be able to do that, which I like. And yes, I did. I am the original founder of my case. I have... I did grow it up and then let it leave the house and then go from house and then go and then go from house to house. To <laughs> it's house, still couch to house. surfing. <laughs>
1: yeah. We don't know if it's found a permanent home yet, but it's still couch.
2: Exactly surfing. right. It really took after me in college, just like you know, <laughs> trying to find places to live.
1: <laughs> well, you must be very proud of that baby because it has certainly yeah. you know gone off, grown up, and become a, a very successful product out there. And yeah. um, I, I know we have lots of listeners that use my case, and they have you to thank for it. Yeah. I like my case a lot. So Lawmatics, though, is not necessarily new anymore, but I think you should definitely tell everybody what Lawmatics does and uh, the things they can use it with.
2: Yeah, so we just technically celebrated our five-year, our five-year birthday.
1: I was and, guessing five years mentally. Yeah,
2: and it's weird, right? Because I think it doesn't feel like five years, and obviously the whole, the whole pandemic thing just fast-forwarded time and has definitely created this wonky sense of the past. So it doesn't feel like five years, but I go back and I think about it and and, yeah, it's just been a lot, and we've built this massive product. and where what it's become is definitely is definitely exciting to me. I had no idea what we were going to really build when we started to build it. And so to see what it's what it's become now is pretty exciting and and I'm pretty happy with with where we're at. Although, and again, while it does feel, you know, it's been a long time and five years feels like a long time, it also feels like we're just getting started. So yeah. I think that's why there's definitely a bit of a of a dichotomy there.
1: Are we still calling it a CRM or have you grown it to a point where it's beyond a CRM? It's like a platform.
2: Well, I think that that's a really, well, it's definitely, we refer to it as a platform, but like, okay. I mean, Salesforce is a platform and Salesforce is a CRM. I think we still have this problem where people don't know what a CRM is. Or, yes. And that's where what, I was going. Please yeah. tell us. Well, oh I guess it's look to me uh, look if you look at like the definition of what a CRM stands for, right? Is like customer relationship manager, right? Management. Client. So, yeah, client, customer, whatever you want to call it, right? It's it's just it's a relationship management tool, right? Well, to me, everything that you do for your business when it comes to your clients is part of managing that relationship. So, obviously, you know, nurturing that relationship through intake process that is that is Part of the relationship management, nurturing them after their case is over with newsletters and, and trip campaigns. That's that's obviously staying connected.
1: You know, Top yeah, of staying connected.
2: That, that, that is very much relationship management. But there are a lot of other things that are relationship management, too. You could argue that helping them manage their case, whether maybe even the, you know, billing them, to, you know, getting paid managing their documents like that's part relationship management as well mm-hmm. so to me I view CRM as all-encompassing as pretty much everything anything that you really need to manage your business if your business deals with with customers or clients
1: and right? I should say just to give you more credibility than you already have you practice law for a long time
2: uh, well long not time? that long because you're yeah, not that old five, okay you five years five years
1: You practice law. So you you came from the background of understanding what it's like to run a law firm from the back end, not necessarily just the practical side. So you've got experience running a law firm. You started a practice management system, and now we've got Lawmatics. That's a CRM. I think a year or two ago, someone asked me for a newsletter or magazine, something. What do you think is going to be the biggest trend of – it was either 2020 or 2021 – may have even been 2022 when they asked me. And I said, well, it's probably CRM because I talk to so many lawyers that what I get asked about repeatedly today isn't the cloud anymore. Whew, we're over that. Like we're nah. on the cloud. We believe in the cloud. We got there. The two hottest things that I hear about right now are attorneys asking me about client relationship managers and document assembly, which back to your point is, you know, if you can start the relationship with a client where you're gathering data, gathering information digitally in something like an intake system, a CRM, and then you're able to push that data digitally from the intake form all the way to the final bill that you're sending out, then you're managing your client relationship and using technology to make it smooth and seamless. Right. So um, as far as, lawmatics goes because I do always like to talk about pricing and people are going to wonder and you're a sponsor so we're going to say go to lawmatics and check them out tell us about pricing a little bit when it comes to lawmatics
2: so pricing is pretty straightforward we're kind of like anything else in the market where it's Good. generally going to be based off of the number of users that you have in the platform we've we've I, I'm a big believer in playing around with pricing but I'm also a big believer in value pricing and what that means is really you want to price your product off of the things that deliver that like the the perceived value that a lo- that that your customer looks at. And what I mean by that is a law firm tends to think about how successful they are by the number of people they have. And that's not necessarily the best measure, but that's tends to be the way it is. It's not necessarily how many cases they have. It's almost, it's really more how many people do they have. And so because they look at people as a big measure of how well they're doing and how big their law firm is, then we base our pricing off of that. That's what I mean by value kind of value based pricing. And so we we continue that trend. We've experimented in the past with doing pricing based off of the number of cases that you have and again, mm. we just lawyers didn't necessarily attribute the same value to that and it was difficult. Oh, so That's interesting. So so we charge like 250 bucks basically per month and that comes with three users and a bunch of other great stuff. And then if you need to add users on beyond that, it's just as user pricing. And then we have like in, we have another tier when you get to 10 users that changes the pricing a little bit as we we do 10, you know, we we do serve everywhere from like the solo law firm all the way up to firms with, you know, we have a firm with 500 lawyers. So we really run the gamut there, which is also something that's pretty unique about what we do uh, is that we're pretty, you know, we're we serve segments of the market that not a lot of other products can span across. And so- yeah, that's that's kind of how our pricing is structured. We have like little add-ons here and there, but generally speaking, it's the user-based pricing.
1: That's the starting point. And so at $250 a month, is that whether you're one or three people?
2: Yeah. If you're one, you're paying if you're one, you're paying $247. If you're three, you're paying $247. After that, you pay more. And what we find is there are very there are very few true solos out there. Even if you are a true solo, I can promise you, you pay, you spend 240 In fact, the, the solos, the true solos probably save a lot, save more money using Lawmatics than the people who have three or four lawyers.
1: I cannot have conversations today where somebody says to me, $67 a month, that's really expensive or $250 because I want to say we should have had this conversation 15 years ago because my number would not have yeah. been in the double or even the low triple digits. We would have been having a conversation in the thousands of dollars about the server and the software and the maintenance and the upkeep that you would need. So when something sounds expensive to you, attorneys, I want you to think about one billable hour a month that you would pay equal equivalent to a product like this and what it would save you in time and energy and duplication and reducing risk in making mistakes, because the more tech savvy and digital you are, the less mistakes you can possibly make. I won't say you won't make. So I think that's very reasonable, especially what, the, what CRMs can do. Before we break off, move on to our next segment, where I want to ask you to teach us a little bit more about CRMs and what to look for, and a, and a little more open, You know, not necessarily about lawmatics, but if you're shopping for a CRM, here's what you're looking for. That's what I want to ask you about next. But before I do that, I have a quiz question for you, Matt. Hmm. You said yes. you told me you wine. were a wine you told me you were a wine guy.
2: I love wine. <laughs> but I did something very strategic, which is I became a wine guy and then found friends who were really rich and really like wine. <sighs> <laughs> and that's the best. That's the best place to be.
1: You're a baller, man. I just want to grow up and be Matt Spiegel and get to know you just want to
2: you want to just go. Yeah, you want to just I'm telling you the key is to just make friends with people who spend a lot of money on wine. Yeah, because I
1: don't ever see myself paying three hundred dollars. I'd rather buy myself a little Hermes bracelet than a bottle of wine. So you're right. I need those friends and listeners. If you are that friend, let me know. I'll come up. Hit Hit me up. up. Okay, Matt. A Rioja R-O-A-J-A is multiple choice. A method of making sherry a wine from Spain, a rust-colored wine, or a grape type.
2: But, so I do actually know this. I know it's a wine from Spain because like, when I was 16, I spent a summer in Spain. Oh. And, and you can drink at 16 <laughs> in Spain. So civilized. <laughs> yeah.
1: We'll be right back. We're going to listen to some messages from some sponsors.
2: Here's
0: a fact. When it comes to sharing documents with lawyers, clients prefer online options. I'm Joshua Lennon. Lawyer-in-Residence at Clio, and this is just one finding from our recent Legal Trends report. It's not surprising that at least 62% of law firms support electronic documents and e-signatures today, because that's what clients want. Our data shows that email, secure client portals, and online file sharing all outrank physical mail in terms of how clients want to receive and share documents. Today's services reduce the time it takes to get a simple signature from days to seconds, making it more convenient for you and your clients to work together. For more on how today's clients prefer to work with their lawyer, download Clio's Legal Trends Report for free at clio.com forward slash trends. That's Clio spelled C-L-I-O dot com forward slash trends. All right, we're back. You know, in our
1: first segment, we I wanted to ask you about lawmatics. I want people to... If, you, if they haven't thought about getting a CRM, I want to help them understand what a CRM will help them with in so far as managing their practice. And look, I could talk about this all day, but I've got the actual expert in front of me. So I want you to, when somebody says, what do I need a CRM for? I'm just a solo practitioner or we're a small firm, five people. We don't need to spend money on a CRM. I got a person that does that. What is your answer and your response to that? I encourage people to look into CRMs.
2: Well, so usually my question is, I usually have some questions for them and it's pretty simple, right? Well, first of all, it's it's asking, do you know how much, you know, what is the average percentage of business for law firms that come from referral? Or I'll just straight up ask them. I'll say, okay, that that's great. Where does most of your business come from? And they're going to say referrals.
1: Of course. Right?
2: It's just, it's 75% of law firm mm-hmm. business comes from referrals generally across the board. And so then I say, okay, awesome. You know, this means that all your former clients are important to the to the to the success of your law firm. So then I say, great. Do you have like five hundred former clients? Most of them say, oh, I've got a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. I say, awesome. What are you doing every year on their birthday? And they say, well, know, what do you mean? Nothing. Like, well, are you sending them a card? Or are you sending them an email? I'm like, no. How would how text would we, message? Like, yeah, we have like we we have fifteen hundred clients. How are we gonna former clients? How are we gonna send them all a message on their birthday? And then I say, well, like, first of all, how are you going to generate referral business? How are, you know, you, you, you ushered these clients through the most important thing in their life, right? Because most law firms, right? Most consumer law firms, whatever that client is going through is the most important thing that is happening Mm -hmm. in their life at that time. Right. So you, you, whether you like it or not, you know, you are a very important part, an integral part of their life, at least for a period of time. And so you want to you want them to refer business to you. You want to, You want them to have a good experience. I think at least acknowledging their birthday, maybe sending them an email, would be the right thing to do. You can't do that without a CRM, right? You, you, it's it's impossible. The reason why you don't do it is not because you don't want to do it. It's because you don't have the bandwidth to do it. You don't have the capability to go checking a calendar every single day of the year and then you know filling out a card and putting it in the mail. So you need a you need a system to help you do that. So that's like a good uh, you know I think a very top level example of how I would respond to that question. But I think it's really just, you know, holistically it's helping lawyers understand that and get, get them to think a little differently in the sense that forget about this as a law firm and think about this as a business, Mm -hmm. You're a business that provides a product, right? Your product is legal services, but as a business that provides a product, customer service is the most important thing, right? I don't care about the outcome. I really don't like I think that you could be the best lawyer in the world and have an unsuccessful practice because you're, you provide terrible customer service. So people are going to like, yeah, I got a good outcome, but all they're going to think about is how you were just a total asshole, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? But you could be, and the flip side is true too. You could be a mediocre lawyer, maybe even a bad lawyer, but you could provide an amazing customer experience and you're going to be very successful.
1: And let me put a positive spin on this, which is you could actually lose the case. But if you established a good relationship with your client and they saw how hard you worked and every effort you made, and they were part of that process with you, they're probably going to, of course, they're going to, might be disappointed in the outcome, but you still may have done a good job and they would recognize that and still refer you business. I mean, what I don't, I can't think of a bigger compliment that attorney could get, which is we lost my case, but he's still a great attorney and I would still hire her, you know? And I think, That CRM, that client relationship managing part is critical, especially when that happens. Not if or when, but like if you happen to lose a case, which happens every case, somebody's got to win and somebody's got to lose. If you're nurturing and managing that relationship in a way where they understand how hard you worked, how hard your team worked, you're going to win.
2: Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I think lawyers lose sight of that, right? They think that, oh, I'm just a lawyer. Like I'm just going to represent them and they're going to be happy. They don't think about, the customer service side of it to me having a CRM it doesn't necessarily solve all the problems it doesn't necessarily mean that now you're just going to provide good service i don't want anybody to think that but what it does say is that it's a priority to you
1: a lot of attorneys lose sleep at night wondering where a case is in the in the process or did i remember to where are we in the workflow what you know a lot of the management of and A lot of that can be done through a case management system. So help us understand the difference, or if there isn't one, or the integrations with, if you've got a case management system, do you automatically have a CRM? If you have a CRM, do you automatically have a case management system?
2: So I would say if you have a practice management system, you do not automatically have a CRM. I agree. Um, And I would say that if you have a CRM, you don't necessarily also have a practice management system. I think that that depends on, on the product, right? But I think if we look at the traditional definition of what these platforms are, right, I would look at practice management. And I know that practice management tends to focus on a couple of things it's time and billing, and it's document management. Those are like the two big things that kind of go into managing a case, right? Managing uh, an active case. And I look at it as practice management are the thing, you know, in, in theory, are the things that maybe should help you practice law. Better or like do your job of lawyering better. And some of those things that we traditionally think as being practice management actually falls more in line with being a CRM. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's just that I think the terminology in the legal space is a little out of whack. We're not going to change that necessarily. It's been, it's been kind of, you know, the case for a long time. When people think practice management, they think of something very specific. But I think that. That what practice management should be are tools that help you practice law, and CRM are tools that help you run the business.
1: So let me see if I can help because this is the way I look at it. If you don't mind my injecting the way I, I think about it, which is there's the beginning kind of how a case starts, how you gather the information, how you engage, and then the, then once you've gotten past the conflict check and now they've signed the engagement letter and you've got a client, you have to have a way to manage. Dates, deadlines, details, parties, tasks, Mm -hmm. notes, and documents. To me, you are now managing the case, managing the matter, and you might have one client with six matters, and that's what your case management system helps you do. Your CRM helps you manage that client regardless of where they are in the process and no matter how many matters they have. And then to me, I'll just, I have to say this because it's just me. I don't think you get good document management in every case management system. So a lot of times when I'm helping a law firm start, that's one of the first things we decide. Do you need net documents? Because OneDrive isn't going to cut it. Clio Drive isn't going to cut it. Box isn't going to cut it. So to me, document management isn't always part of a case management system. So a lot of times I think law firms need three systems. The thing is they have to talk to each other.
2: I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I think that, you know, document management specifically is one that probably falls a little bit outside the traditional purview of a CRM, right? Especially
1: with emails now.
2: Right. But emails to me very much falls within CRM, right? Because that is, you know, anything that is communicative is important to be kind of tracked and managed in your CRM, right? Documents can kind of go either way. So I think a good CRM will have some level of document, document management available, but it won't, but it won't, it, it doesn't necessarily, it shouldn't necessarily be what you would be used to seeing in something like net docs, right? You should right. be able to tie a CRM in. Like if you look at Salesforce, right? Like Salesforce is the epitome of a CRM, right? It's the, it's, you know, the, the biggest, we use Salesforce most law firms are not going to use salesforce it would be right. insane it would be insane but as a tech company we're going to use salesforce i don't think i don't think i've ever managed a document in salesforce ever that's just not what it's designed for right it would have a great plugin to do that or another company that it would tie into but it's not designed to do that it's not really part of of the relationship with the with the client itself now you may take documents from some other product and share them with the client through your crm mm, that's mm-hmm. something that that that's something that the CRM would handle because again that's communicative, but the document management itself is probably an external tool.
1: Yeah, it can be. Before we take another quick break, let me ask you another question, Matt Spiegel. True or false? A super Tuscan is another name for a magnum.
2: False. Super magnum false. is just a giant. Magnum is just a giant, amazing bottle of wine.
1: Two in one. Like
2: who wants? Yeah, who doesn't want a giant magnum?
1: I wish I had my cheat sheet in front of me, but when we were learning about wine sizes in wine school, there's your standard uh, 750 liters bottle that we all can imagine. Then a Magnum is two of those. And then they get bigger and they all have these great biblical names like the Nebuchadnezzar, the Methuselah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of fun and funny. Good job. That's two out of three for you.
2: I love this question though, because you're like, I love the creativity there. You're like, Super Tuscan. Someone might think that this is like a Tuscan wine just supersized, and that's how they call <laughs> that, that. That's how they call them giant. It's just super.
1: <laughs> that is a good question. And just real quick, a Super Tuscan is a wine from Tuscany that breaks their laws and rules and blends in other grapes other than the Sangiovese grape. So they just, the winemakers got aggravated with all the rules and the laws that these um, governing bodies of Tuscany were saying you can and can't do with wines. So they're like, screw you, we're going to make something new. And it's going to be called Super Tuscan. I
2: love
1: it. (laughs) I do too. We like rule breakers around here. We'll be right back. We're going to listen to some messages from some sponsors. Starting your solo practice is exciting, rewarding, and demanding. Alps Insurance understands the unique challenges of startup solo firms. 65% of Alps legal malpractice insurance policyholders are solos after all. That's why Alps created First Flight, a program supporting new solos by providing affordable premium pricing for the first three years of practice. Visit alpsinsurance.com forward slash insurance forward slash First Flight to learn more. Or just Google Alps First Flight. You'll find them. First Flight Program, subject to eligibility requirements. LawClerk's nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms. Solo attorneys and firms can get help with project-based and also ongoing work via a subscription. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. You only pay when you delegate work. Plus, LawClerk has a new app for your mobile devices to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code NEWSOLO when you sign up at lawclerk.legal. Yes, yes, you have a website, but do you love it? Does it grow your practice? It should look good. It should work for you. And it should be built by people who care. Practice Made Perfect loves making websites for solos. Just starting out or market leaders. And their clients love their websites. PMP's average client has been with them for over six years. PMP is perfect for your website. Practice made perfect. Visit PMPMG.com forward slash solo. All right, I'm back with Matt Spiegel. And I want to talk about intake, Matt, because do you think that lawmatics starts with intake? Like CRMs start with the intake process, right? You've got to have someone that you're communicating with in order to push them through the flow. I feel like a lot of attorneys, and I think this is the type of thing you don't learn in law school, and you just figure it out later, well, I've got to have an intake system. What does that mean and how do I create a good one?
2: So an intake system to me is really, it's something that every client will go through, right? So it's like, it's, it's something repetitive, right? So, you know, some law firms, I guess every law firm probably has a process, even if you don't think that you do, Mm -hmm. but. Or if it's bad. Or if it's, or if it's bad. You might have
1: one, but it's probably bad.
2: But basically it's like, okay, when a new lead comes in, I do this, right? And then if they do this, I do that. And if they do this, I do something else, right? And it's understanding all the different ways that people can go with whatever your process is. And everybody could be a little bit different. I think a good example of an intake process and probably a pretty standard one out there is somebody calls your law firm or they come to your website and they say, they raise their hand. They're like, I want to learn more about your firm or I'm interested. I need a lawyer. And the next step is, okay, well, let's talk. So you just schedule a consultation, right? I think that's the typical process is lead comes in, let's get them scheduled for a consultation. And then maybe before they come in for that consultation, you want to capture some information from them, you know, so that you can review it before meeting with them. That's a process. That's an intake process. That is lead comes into my website, fills out a form. They get a link to book a consultation with me after they book the consultation. I send them a confirmation email after that, like a day or a couple hours before I send them another form to fill out so I can learn about their case before they come in and talk to me. That's a process. Now, what can happen with that process is it can go a number of different ways. What if that lead comes in and they don't book an appointment? Well, now I need a process for that, right? I need I need a process to get that person reengaged, get them to book a consultation with me. So, you have different branches That can go in different directions and those branches could then get someone to come back to the main process or they could, you know, kind of spin off down some other processes that you have. But a good intake process will understand the perfect linear, you know, linear movement, linear journey that a client will go through. And it will account for all of the different spots in that linear journey that somebody can fall through, like all the cracks that somebody can fall through. And it will have processes there designed to catch them.
1: And it will be automated and not require a lot of humans. Can we talk about that too?
2: Sure. So, you
1: know, the the thing is when you have that sort of question and answer tree, did the lead come in? Yes. Where did they come from? Uh, Website. If website, then this. If they walked in the door, then this. If referred by client, by uh, old client or best referral that we've got, then this. That should be spelled out in, through a CRM so that if you hire somebody brand new, they're not sitting there figuring out which branch to take this lead through. The system helps them do it. Or it helps you do it when you're busy and you don't want to have to figure it out or remember.
2: So I think, I think repetition is really important, right? And, uh, and building a process, being able to repeat it the same way. I read a book when I started my law firm called The, e, uh, the E-Myth.
1: The attorney e-myth or did you just, did you do no, e or did you read the attorney e
2: I just read e-myth.
1: Oh, find um, the attorney e-myth. It's really interesting, but go, go, yeah, I got it. I love
2: it. Yeah, are you're, you're with me. And so the whole idea of that book is like, it's like how to build a franchise, right? How to build this business that is just repeatable. Every, every experience is the same. And it's like, I took this very literally. And I remember at my firm, I was like, okay, you know what? Every lawyer, every person that comes in for a consultation is going to get a folder. They're going to get the same folder. It's going to have my logo on it. It's going to have my business card in the same place. It's mm-hmm. going to have it's gonna have this on the right side. It's going to have this on the left side. And I would just do it every time. It's this repeatable process. It's a habit, right? And that's important to building a good process. Now, the thing is, if you keep that manual, you're not going to do it. It's not going to be the same every time. You're going to skew. The only way to keep it very repeatable and to keep it the same every single time is to have it automated. Not to mention that it saves you an incredible amount of time. Right? And resources. But if you automate it, everything is the same. And when everything is the same, you can measure and you can experiment, right? Like you have data, you, you, you have, you have relevant data that you can go off of to determine whether something is working or not. If you're doing something a little different every single time, then you have no idea what's working and what's not.
1: And I feel like every small business owner, especially me has gone through that with my website, with newsletters, with, you know, I don't, I never knew what worked. Everything kind of worked and I survived. So I just kept doing random things and never had a process until I had, I actually use a CRM called Visita that I really like. So yeah, so I think that makes a lot of sense. But you know, someone has to also, you can't take advantage of a tool that you're paying a lot of money for if you don't sit down and actually create those systems and those processes.
2: Yeah. So You got to sit down and write them out.
1: Write them out. And then you put them into the system, which isn't hard these days, right? All the little robots are so No,
2: hard. it's super easy, but also- My recommendation too, you can take it so far and you can get up to a certain point, but the company, right? So like Lawmatics is a good example, Um, but, and, and a lot of other software companies are the same way, but like, we know what we're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, we work with thousands and thousands of attorneys. We have, we see what works, we see what doesn't, and we will help you, right? You can, you can take it, you can take your processes a certain, you know, get it most of the way there. And then we can help you understand some best practices and just push it over the goal line. Or maybe think about something in a way that you haven't thought about it before, which could be really helpful.
1: One of the things I want to make sure I say out loud to listeners is if your intake form is in Microsoft Word, or if it's a PDF file that's really nice and it's a fillable form, unless you can export that data into a system, you are putting the information that you're initially collecting from a client into what I call data prison. And... A CRM is designed so that, let's say someone lands on your website, they fill out a form, they answer a couple of questions. That data gets put into the CRM. The CRM notifies you that a new lead came in. Then, I don't know how automated this part gets, but is the next step automatically to create the opportunity for an appointment? Or is the next step that they have to answer a few more questions? Or is the next step that you send them another document through the CRM? In a format that can capture the data and be used so that if they do become a client, you move them from the potential client file into the existing client file and all that data moves with them. Your goal in building your law firm should be that data only gets entered one time ever somewhere. And then from that point forward, it just flows through the process of working the case, closing the case. When they come back, The information that's relevant to their second matter or their second, third matter is still in there. You don't have to ask them again. You don't have to repeat that. You're just looking for the new information. So I hope this encourages everyone to look at CRMs if you haven't, to consider getting one. And then Matt, tell us real quick, are they standalone? Do they integrate? What am I looking for if I'm looking for a CRM for the first time?
2: So there are definitely CRMs that you could get away with standalone. And maybe not need any other piece of software, but but to me and my my recommendation is a good CRM will be very very good at what it does, which is CRM, and then it will leave some of the other stuff to other platforms. You know whether it's integrating with, you know Clio, my case, Practice Panther, Filevine, Smokeball, you know Rocket mm-hmm. Matter, whatever, right? So a good system would in, will integrate with those and a lot of other things, right? Like. You might want an integration with Google AdWords because you're mm-hmm. spending a lot of money on marketing. You might want an integration with CallRail because you're doing call tracking, right? So firms that are a little bit more sophisticated when it comes to marketing and tracking, which I think all firms should be, but that's a different story for a different day. But but a CRM is going to help you track all of your marketing efforts. It's a big part of what a CRM will do, a good CRM.
1: If If listeners have been listening to this for a while, especially toward the end of the year, here's a reason you want a CRM. If there's nothing else that convinces you, holiday mailing cards. <laughs> totally. So if, if I could solve one problem for every law firm on this planet, whether it's one or 1,000, whether they are in Greece or in Boise, Idaho, it's figuring out who gets one, not three, from every attorney in the firm, a holiday mailing card. In the old days, we would print out and then pass around and everybody would put their initials next to you know who, cl- which client they wanted their card for and stuff. It's so much easier today, guys. It's just stop working so hard and so manually. Find technology that helps, that makes your life easier, that helps you run your practice easier. Matt, I've had you here a long time. I'm going to ask you one more question.
2: Yep. Let's see if I can go three for three.
1: What is a Cremant Cremant? This is Cremant, and the E has a little dash over the top.
2: <laughs> oh, well, thank, Oh, now now I know.
1: A type of sherry, A. B, a type of sparkling wine. C, a method of filtering wine. Or D, none of the above.
2: So I really don't know, but it just sounds to me like it's something sparkling. Probably because I don't know what it is, and I'm not a big sparkling guy. Well, you did a good, good
1: deductive reasoning, because Cremant sounds French. And a type of sherry is Spanish wine. And I said, what is a Cremant, which means it's probably not a method of filtering wine. And it's never none of the above. So you got it exactly right. A sparkling wine that is in a French sparkling wine that did not come from the Champagne region is known as a Cremant.
2: Have you ever had a Cremant?
1: I have. Sure. Is it delicious? They are.
2: Okay. I'll have to try one.
1: Yeah, and and they're obviously all very different, you know, whether you like them dry or sweet and they're great. But yeah, I've been trying a lot of wines. Again, remember, I'm trying to become a big girl with my wines.
2: Yeah, you should. I like that.
1: Matt, I appreciate you coming on so much. And thank you for becoming a sponsor of New Solo. I hope everybody goes out, takes a look, signs up for a demo, learns more about Lomatics. Tell them where they can find, friend, follow you and do those very things.
2: Yes. and How do they get into you.
1: your CRM? Yeah, so
2: I, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, Adriana, always. And yeah, you can just come check us out, lawmatics.com. Also, I'm always available. I love when lawyers, if they just have random questions, business-related, customer service-related, just anything. Sometimes, like, I I really do. It's it's cool sometimes. I'll just hear from random lawyers being like, "Yeah, hey, I'm just curious. Like, what are your thoughts on this? Just email me, at lawmatics.com. I'm super responsive, and I love getting getting messages you
1: you are very generous with your time i have sent you people in the past where i've been like i have no idea is such a great question for matt spiegel can i introduce you to him so i I, you say that and you mean it so yeah everyone if you have some questions please reach out to matt thank you so much for listening to another episode of new solo if you have liked what you've heard today please think about giving us a five-star review but honestly you know what i'd rather you do I'd rather you forward New Solo to another attorney who you think would be able to learn from it. I get a lot of nice compliments about New Solo. It's not about me. It's about my guests and all the information that they bring. So if you think another attorney could benefit from what we talk about here, share the show with them. Thanks so much, Matt. I will see you soon. And everyone else, see you in the next episode of New Solo. I've
0: been running from nine to five. Been biting my tongue for all this time. Won't let anyone cut me short.